Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Welcome to the second week in the series called The Good Life, and today we're going to be talking about humility. One of the interesting things about humility is that we all think that we're always humbler than those around us. I think when we notice pride in other people, we are quick to point it out. In fact, when we see anyone being proud, we say, well, that person is really proud. That person is really stubborn. That person is arrogant. They're so full of themselves. They're full of hot air. We have all these expressions to describe someone that isn't us. Hopefully people aren't talking that way about us either, but it's important for us to recognize that the Bible does describe being proud as the way for us to have a certain fall. In fact, it tells us that pride always precedes the fall. And that has been the case in every story that we can read about in the scriptures. And today we are going to look at a passage that is actually found in 1 Peter that is going to speak to us about how important it is for us to live the humble life. The humble life leads us to experiencing the good life, but humility is not something that you can actually achieve on your own. In fact, the way that God brings humility in our lives might be of a surprise to you today. So let's get right into it as we look at this passage found in 1 Peter. Let me read it to you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6 says, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. The first thing that we notice from this passage is that it is something that we have to clothe ourselves with. Humility. Humility as clothing? Well, the Bible describes it this way, that this is not just something for one of us and not for another, but it's something for all of us. In other words, it's an endeavor that each and every one of us has to pursue. Every day we get up and we generally put on clothes. At least I do. And, and I think I look better with my clothes on than off. And sorry for giving you that image. But I wanted you to just get the gist of this. God is saying that this is something that you need to do every single day. You need to get dressed. You need to put on humility like it were a piece of clothing and you need to do it every day and that's not something that comes very easily to us and I think that most of us can acknowledge with humility that we struggle with humility that humility is something that we don't have in abundance and so the Bible says that we are to look at this and say, act with humility 
towards one another. And keep this in mind, God opposes the proud, but always gives grace to the humble. And what he is reminding us is that he is going to give favor and blessing to those who choose to humble themselves. Well, there's a reason every day to get up and clothe ourselves with humility. Wouldn't you want the favor of God and the blessing of God on your life each day? Wouldn't you want the certainty of that, no matter how the day unfolded, no matter what happens in the next moment and the moment after that, to know that God is always favoring you over the person who chooses not to be humble? And so this is what God says. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And what Peter does here is that he says, if you acknowledge that God is mighty and that you are not, that he is greater than you, then it shouldn't be that hard to humble yourself because it's going to be a decision that you are going to make to render yourself beneath God. And therefore, God being all-knowing and all-powerful, therefore, God being ever-present and all-present, and therefore, in your life and in everyone else's life, present to a degree that no one else can ever be, then acknowledge His power and submit yourself to that power. Let go of your pride. Let go of any anger frustration and disappointment and humble yourself in the face of the challenges that you are facing and see how God in turn blesses you. The Bible tells us that he opposes the proud and it doesn't just tell us that in first Peter it, it gives us this information even in other passages like in the book of James in chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 it says what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you is it not this that your passions are at war within you now, isn't it interesting that what is highlighted by James isn't what other people are doing but it's what's happening within us that causes these quarrels in other words, when we make a decision to not be at peace, it's because we are already not at peace within ourselves. How can you be at peace externally when you are not at peace internally? Of course, you're going to be at war with those around you. You are already at war within yourself. So how can you be proud and humble at the same time? You have to choose one. You have to acknowledge this and recognize this as being the root issue. And so if you want to be at peace with others and you want to humble yourself, then you have to first acknowledge the quarrel, the war that is within you. And then he continues and says this, you desire and you do not have, and look at this, it gets really bad from here on in, it says, so you murder, you covet, and you still cannot obtain. In other words, you, you reach the lowest point of what it means to be a human being, and still you cannot receive what it is that you are trying to bring into your life. 
And so you fight and you quarrel and you do not have because you do not have this humility. The Bible tells us this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. Toward the scorners, God is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. In James 4, 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and then he will exalt you. What we're hearing is that it is important to self-humble. That it's an action that we are to partake in willfully. That it is something that we must do ourselves. And that we can't wait for the circumstances to be different. We can't wait for other people's attitude to be different. We can't wait for things, whatever they may be, that we look to and say, this is the cause to be different, to go away, to not irritate us, to not make us react before we do what God is asking us to do, which is to enact humility, to put it into practice. And so self-humility is always the right response, the right response that brings the reward of the blessing of God for us to be able to experience the good life. And that's why God says, I want you to understand that in the moments of your greatest discomfort, that as I allow this into your life, this is how humility is actually experienced and practiced by us as followers of Jesus. In other words, because of the discomfort of this life, we are going to then experience humility. We are first going to be humbled before we can actually practice humility. I know what you're thinking. That's horrible. I mean, that's not the way that I want to be a humble person. But unfortunately, there is no other way. See, the Bible over and over again shows us that we can clothe ourselves with humility, that it's something that we can put on. It's a reaction to the circumstances and to the discomfort of this life. And for us to be humble, it means that we are going to be humbled. And it means that discomfort has come into our life. A challenge has come into our life. It means a tragedy has occurred. It means that we have been brought to our knees. It means that we have been shown how weak we truly are in the face of God's greatness. Now, some people said that Job's issue was pride. The Bible doesn't make that abundantly clear, but his friends certainly thought so. And they seem to think that because Job was proud that he was going through all of these problems and issues. And, and, and God, of course, elaborates on that. And there is a moment in which we kind of see that there is something going on that has a lot to do with pride in, in Job's life. It isn't the only reason why he is suffering. But in light of that, is, is, not, is it not understood by all of us how Job was humbled 
how everything was taken away. And then after it was all removed, after it was all taken, after he had absolutely nothing left, that then God blessed him and rewarded him. He brought him to his lowest point. Job did not curse God. What Job did is that he humbled himself in the discomfort that God had allowed, in the suffering that God had allowed, in the permission that was given to Satan to take everything away from Job. And when everyone was shouting in his face, curse God, especially his wife, Job didn't do it. He humbled himself and accepted the greatness of God and his plan and his purpose for his life. And what did God do? Well, God took Job who had humbled himself and exalted him. And he proved Satan and he proved his friends and he proved his wife and everyone wrong by multiplying everything that had first been taken away from him. You see, that reaction on Job's part is a lesson for us in self-humility. We have to receive the God of discomfort before we can experience humility in our own lives. Because humility is not fundamentally a human initiative, but it is a proper God-given response in us to God himself and his glory and his purposes. And the main test and opportunity that we will receive when it comes, when we are confronted, when we are unsettled and attacked, in that very moment when our appearance of control finally vanishes before our eyes and we're taken off guard by the life that we are leading in this fallen world, then the question in that moment is going to come to us. And how we respond is going to clearly demonstrate whether we are humble or proud. How I respond to this humbling circumstance, how will I humble myself in light of this discomfort? What I do next reveals most about whether or not I am still trusting God or if I am shaking my fist at him in anger, in disappointment, in hurtful retreat, desiring to have nothing more to do with God than to curse him to his face and to turn away. And while that may be how we feel in the moment, as followers of Jesus, we can pray and ask God to humble us. Have you ever prayed for that? Have you ever asked God to humble you? Have you ever asked God to take away your pride? Have you ever asked God to help you in those moments of discomfort and extreme challenge where you were being tested in a way that you knew that you could not make it through without his help? Well, if you have, and I'm sure at some point this has been true for you, as it has been true for me on many occasions, we must turn to humility 
as a self-response. And we must turn to humility as a way of acknowledging the greatness of God and the power that he continues to have as he sits on the throne that no one can ever remove him from. A universe that he has crafted and created and a control that he has over all the elements, both past, present, and future. For the way that he has the ability and the power to close any door and to open anyone as well. For the way that he can make a way where there isn't one, where he can make things appear and has the power to also make them disappear. As we acknowledge these things, we humble ourselves in the presence of a great God. And we acknowledge that he is there for us, that he loves us, that he accepts us, and that he is willing to react and respond even to us as we would humble ourselves in light of our inability to fully understand, even fully accept, and even to fully believe without any doubt that things can indeed turn around just like that. And so in this moment, acknowledge that this is not just something that we can just up and do, that we don't initiate humility, and it's not something that we can take the credit for. Self-humbling is not something that we can do. It's something that we respond to. Self-humbling is something that we receive, that we embrace, and we even welcome it, whether it be sent directly or indirectly to us by God. It is being responsive to who God is, specifically as it comes to bear in all its inconvenience and pain and, pain and disappointment for our own lives. And so gladly receive God's person, his words, his actions, when it's not easy, when it's not comfortable, when it's not something that comes naturally to you. But do it. Humble yourself. And God will be the one who will lift you up. He will be the one who exalts you. He will be the one who rewards you. He will be the one who blesses you. He will be the one who multiplies all that you would need in your life. God bless you. Father, I thank you for each person that is here today. As they take in this message and as they hear from you, I pray that you would empower them, that you would bless them to understand that in light of life's challenges and circumstances, our response of humbling ourselves is what you bring into our lives. How we respond to those things, it is what humility is. Believing in you as our great God, as the one who has everything under his power and control. I pray that you bless each person today as they struggle with pride in their life, as they want to respond humbly 
as they believe in you and trust you for their future, as they will turn to you, even not knowing and understanding all the reasons why they are going through what they are going through. Lord, would you lift them up right now? Would you exalt them? Would you bless them, favor them, and multiply blessings in their life? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And thank you so much for being a part of this message and this gathering today. And I pray that you would join us next Sunday as we continue with the third message in this installment of the Good Life series. God bless. Have a great week. Take care. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.